How's it going, everyone? It is once again me, Chewy, and I am one of the hosts of the podcast titled Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends, and I am once again joined by Mariah. How's it going, Mariah? It's going good. I'm so excited about tonight's episode and dig deep into it. <laughs> I bet you are, but before we get into that, let's remind our listeners that we do have our social media accounts. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. You can find us on linktree.com slash myths behind lgds if you're listening to us on anchor or spotify that link is pasted on the podcast description and by all means go ahead and leave us a review five stars of course and if you're feeling inclined to it go ahead and buy some merch i believe the podcast merch store is linked on that i gotta go check i haven't checked in a while <laughs> but it should be there it should be there so yeah, go ahead and, and leave the reviews, check us out on social media, follow us, write to us, let us know what you like, what's going on in your minds as far as the topics that we're covering. And speaking of topics, Maria, what's the topic for today's episode? So tonight's episode is the movie The Ring. Chan chan That sounds very exciting. <laughs> well, the movie starts with these two girls talking in the room and they're like high school kids i think and they're talking about this tape it's kind of like an uh maybe like some sort of urban legend type of thing and one of them is like yeah if you watch this tape you'll die in seven days something like that and it turns out that one of the girls had seen the tape already and yes uh-huh. Not only her, but also some her and some friends of hers at the same time. So at the same night, all I think it was four or five of them all together that they watched the tape. And so it's something you learn later on in the movie, but seven days had passed on already since the time they watched the tape. And they had gone into this uh some sort of uh like a retreat or something they had gone on a trip somewhere like a field trip not a field trip but like a road trip and that's where they had seen the tape altogether in some cabin and so it was the seventh day and the girl tells her well within seven days she will die and the other one freaks out so then the phone rings and it wasn't who they thought it was going to be it was i think one of the girl's moms but oh, yes. Uh huh. So that was kind of like the the first not jump scare, but jump. Kind of. Yeah. I remember jumping. I guess for an eight year old. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I was watching it through the eyes of an eighteen year old. So. <laughs> <laughs> the other friend, I think, goes down to the basement, or she's looking for something, and then the other girl, the one that had seen the tape, hears noises from her room, I believe. And so, you don't really see what happens to her. It's a very fast shot. She opens the door. And you kind of just see her scream and her face starts deforming. And that's kind of all that you see for, for that part of the movie. So, how did that make you feel the first time you saw it? I was so scared. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish now, looking back at it now, uh, 
the age that I am today, I wish they would have slowed down a little bit so we can get more of a view, especially like horror fans getting to see that beautiful art that they did <laughs> but in such a disfigured way that was meant to give off fear. I think that's what it was, is that she saw the ring and fear probably like it scared her too much and i wish i wish we would have been able to um seen a little bit longer but thankfully now we have the internet and we can look at pictures <laughs> <laughs> at, and um i think she's found in the bathroom or if it's the bathroom or the because i know there were there was water leaking yeah down and I, I don't know if it was in her bedroom or something, but I remember the her friend goes up, Ruth, and she I think she opens a door or something, and then she just finds her just sitting down. And oh, I got scared the very first time when the first call came in. I remember jumping, and <laughs> getting freaked out, <laughs> and also too I just want to point out as we open this movie. And, and start watching it throughout the entire film. I just want to appreciate the beautiful colors in this film. It, it gave me the creepiness vibes of, I don't know, it just made me fall more in love with lakes and everything and the ocean. Yeah, I just, I love all that colors that they used and I will make a note about it in the end. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, it's it's one of the things that um, stands out from the movie a lot. It's the use of, I don't know what kind of filter they use in the film. It looks bluish, grayish kind of. So it's it, it kind of makes the movie have this weird kind of gloomy atmosphere to it in a way. Yes. A bit of like an, an unnatural feeling. Uh huh. I mean, not not quite dreamlike, but it's very creepy in a way because even when it's broad daylight, you can see that it's really bluish and gray when, it, when they're outside. I mean, it's cloudy. I think most of the time it's it's gloomy like the weather. But yeah, I I agree with you that the the use of color by this director was was pretty creative i think really it really made the movie that much creepier in a way so i wanted to ask you this have you ever seen the original movie the japanese one yes yes i have did you like that one i loved it i'm more of course i'm more of a fan of the ring the american one but the Japanese one, they did an outstanding job with it. I think, I, I don't know, I, I like the American version because it is a little girl. And the Japanese version, where it all started, is um, they kind of follow the books, which is um, Sadako, and, and she is an adult. An, an adult. So it's, it's, I think that's why I have a different opinion on that, <laughs> but I still think that's amazing and staying true to the book. 
And I think they really nailed that part on the original Japanese version. It is so good. So, so good. I really want all of them in DVD. I don't have them, but I love them so much. I have never seen the original, I don't think. Any oh, of them. It's, it's creepy. I remember, I think I watched the very first one about three years ago and it freaked me out. I'm still <laughs> hard, hardcore, you know, the ring fan, but the Japanese, there's just something about Japanese horror films that were made in the nineties that gave you chills. <laughs> and I was watching it at nighttime and I was so scared. <laughs> Man, maybe I should check it out because I haven't seen the original. I have seen other Japanese movies and other Asian movies. Mostly Japanese, Korean, and I think, I'm not sure if it was Chinese or from Thailand. There's a couple of movies on Netflix that I saw the other day that I think were Chinese or, or Thai. I, I forgot. But just, I mean, I mean, there's going to be differences between those movies to each other. But between, for example, the Japanese ring to the American ring, I'm sure there's a lot more differences than just that. In the sense that, not just the, the, the story, for example, but also the way the movie's shot, the, the the pacing of it. I mean, I do like Asian horror films in general, or at least the ones that I've seen so far, because they do things differently than American horror stuff. Yes, the way that it's done they do they go the extra mile and they they really work with your mind in some ways <laughs> makes you think more about they really focus on horror and that's amazing but yeah they have a, a very unique way of, of approaching horror so as the movie goes on mariah it is now the funeral for the girl that passed away. And we find out that the main woman in this picture is, uh, her name is Rachel. And she is played by Naomi Watts, who I thought I was going to get married to when I was younger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's, she's beautiful. Yeah, she looks really, really pretty in this, in this movie. I mean, she still does. And anyways, she is the aunt of the girl that passed away. And so the mom is her sister, Rachel's sister. And so she tells her that she would, I mean, she doesn't really ask her, but she kind of tells her like, well, you should be able to find out what happened because nobody can tell me what happened to my girl. I spoke to all these doctors and they just all tell me her heart stopped, but I'm not happy with that explanation. So find out what happened because I saw her face and then they cut to the, the girl sitting on the floor somewhere. <laughs> For like a split second, right? It just shows like a, a split second of, of the girl's face, but it's enough to freak you out because you're, you're like you're not expecting it. <laughs> yeah. So that was another little jump scare that they threw at you, I think. And so, what do you think when you saw that picture? I was terrified. <laughs> I remember grabbing my mom's hand and squeezing it really hard. <laughs> <laughs> So, you actually saw us in the theaters then? 
Yes. Yes, oh, yeah. I did. Wow. And but I had, of course, they didn't let children go in without their parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> without their parents' permission. So, yes, I went with my mom. And that was a fun night. I was so terrified. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then Rachel starts investigating because, by the way, she is a journalist. She does this for a living. She's a reporter. So she looks into things and finds clues and follows the story where it takes her. So she finds out that her friends, and I'm talking about her niece, and, and um, I haven't said her name this whole time, but her name is Katie, I'm sorry. <laughs> so um, Katie is her niece. And so Katie and also the friends that she was with when they first saw the tape all died the same way. They all basically died at the same time on the same day and they all look kind of deformed in both their faces and their bodies. So then Rachel starts putting clues together. She finds out the place they stayed at during that trip they took. And then the hotel dude is pretty creepy, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> what was up with him? Tell me. You're talking about the guy in the cabin, right? Yeah, like the, the I guess the, the innkeeper, whatever you want to call him. Yes, yes, yeah. So, I don't know why he gave me, like the very first time when I saw him, I automatically thought about Pet Cemetery, the guy <laughs> who, um, do you remember, do you know who I'm talking about from the original, in the 80s movie? You mean Pet the, which, the 80s. old guy? It, yes. Kind of, actually, yes. yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yes, so that's that was my first thought when I was watching this movie. <laughs> when I first saw him, I thought, oh my, he's creepy looking. And <laughs> he looks like just like la 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 la, just blah, very bland and kind of boring, I would say. Just, <laughs> yeah, I would say just boring, just wanting to make money and him too he is very interested with how i i guess i remember rachel hiding the tape i think she steals it yeah yes yes and i remember he saw that tape on his shelf yeah and i think it was a split second you can see he's he's looking at that specific tape and then turns around and I remember her stealing it. She put it in her bag. <laughs> but yeah, I just thought he was a bit creepy. First thought was the guy from the pet cemetery. <laughs> um, I think nothing against hotel owners or if you guys own some sort of a place where people go to stay and you're there kind of like the innkeeper person. I think those people are all pretty creepy to begin with. <laughs> It's <laughs> in general. Yes, they are. There's just some because I I would say some that are in the middle of nowhere, like this one. Ugh, that would scare me. I mean, it looks like a nice place to visit because honestly, me personally, I would like to visit a place like that. I mean, not with this whole ring stuff going on, but <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Or accidentally find a VHS tape <laughs> with no markings on it. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll 
I'll, I'll die in seven days if I see it. No, I, not not that. <laughs> but I mean, just just the location because I've always liked. I've always pictured myself visiting a place with lakes and mountains and trees, and it's cold and gloomy, and just kind of me sitting by the by the fire, drinking stuff, and kind of just listening to music. I mean, that's that's kind of like my ideal vacation, in a way. That it's it's one thing, but this guy looks weird and he talks weird too i think and so she takes the tape and watches it and this tape is pretty weird it's got a whole bunch of weird images in it and it kind of looks like somebody's college final project for for like film school <laughs> yeah very random a lot of random images that aren't really at first, when you first see it connected in any way, where it seems that way, at least. It's, for example, like shots of a ladder and then shots of bugs crawling around and this lady comb like brushing her hair in front of a mirror. And it just looks like a whole bunch of unconnected or, or disconnected images, sorry. So... What did you think when she first saw that, that tape? And I mean, she saw it, but also we saw it as an audience. I loved it so much because it's nothing like we've ever seen before in, in movies like that. And the insects that are in the film, it's really, it feels like they magnified it, like you're looking through a magnifying glass <laughs> with the insects and with the chair just randomly there. And oh, it's it's so creepy. I love it. I love that they added freaky. I would say they kind of almost remind me of today. It is called a GIF or GIF. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so but like a creepier version <laughs> of that and i don't know if that's how gifs were started back in the day it makes me wonder because it is a split second of picture images that are moving so that too is really cool to look back and think oh wow i wonder if that's where it all started <laughs> that timing and stuff but yeah it definitely looks like they had a magnifying glass in some way and were recording it in some mental hospital almost because every image has this white background it just gave me asylum hospitals um yeah yeah, it kind of made me think of people like David Lynch and what's the other guy that I'm thinking about? I forgot his name, but directors, like movie directors that make films like this where it's just a whole bunch of images that are very vaguely connected to each other, if at all. And there's very weird scenery and the dialogue doesn't really make too much sense but um so that's kind of what it, the 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 feeling that it gave me when i first saw the 
the tape, or not when I first saw it, I should say when I saw it like a few days ago, when, because when I first saw this movie, <laughs> I mean, I was 18, so I wasn't really too familiar with a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but watching it now, 20 years later, I'm like, hey, that kind of makes me feel like I'm watching a David Lynch movie. <laughs> and which, I mean, if you're not familiar with him, that guy makes uh, weird stuff. One of his most famous movies is Eraserhead, and I, I don't recommend anyone watch it. I don't like it. <laughs> Oh, yes. I ha I love that film. It's freaky. Yeah, okay, so then you know what I'm talking about. That kind of yes. weird images that kind of don't seem to make a whole lot of sense, but they may make sense to some people. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of the vibe that I, that I got from watching it now. And I was like, hey, that, that, <laughs> that's very David Lynch of them. Um, so then the phone rings when she's done watching the video. So what do you think of that? Oh, I believe this ha actually happens when she's in the cabin. Yeah. And she gets the phone call and then it whispers seven days. Mm-hmm. That freaks me out. And her voice, whoever is the actress, is saying it sounds so creepy like it feels like somebody prank calling but they're actually in front of my door about to attack me kind of thing so that's oh i don't like it it's it was amazing i wish i can i don't i, I kind of want to replicate it let me see seven days no i don't <laughs> think i get it <laughs> I mean, that's I pretty creepy. <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> that, that actually, yeah, she did a bit of a whisper. -ish. Yeah. Yeah, that actually did kind of creep me out right there for a second. <laughs> so she gets that phone call, and it is pretty unnerving, the voice work in that. And it's just two words, mind you, but it's pretty unnerving. It's pretty effective because of the way the shot is framed. You can see her, her face looks really concerned, or, or I, I don't know if concern is the right word, but she's she knows something's gonna happen or something weird is happening so and then she hears seven days and it's like oh well <laughs> then she goes to find her friend noah who actually i think they were together at some point no they were married or something like that yes yes so he is actually aiden's dad but um i believe they i think they did mention in the movie that they went to college together and I guess went their separate ways is all what they said. But he is Aiden's father, and Aiden knows that that's his dad. But I guess they don't have a relationship kind of thing. That kid is weird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that kid is incredibly weird. I mean, in the first scenes, he comes up in the funeral, and he's really just, like, <laughs> creepy. And he does this one-liner answers to everything. And it's like, dude, like... <laughs> <laughs> and, and and the mom is just like okay yeah i guess you know he's just that's just the way he is but it's like no that's not normal for a kid to be like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah because at one point I, i'm gonna go back a little bit like during the funeral i think she can't find them for some reason and then she goes to the girl's room and and she finds them in there and rachel says come on aiden we can't be in her room and then the boy is it's not her room anymore and just walks away like all creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yes, I think it's, um, he actually explained that um, during an interview and he was, as he was an adult, I think he was saying that he had these dark circles under his eyes. So naturally, so he was saying in an interview that he he felt that he was a really creepy kid, but he he was laugh he said he was laughing throughout the entire movie with the cast members, but when it came to shooting, he was very serious and he tried to do and he said he tried to talk like an adult. So I was like, oh. Yeah, that's kind of what it sounded like. Like he was kind of very mature for his age. Yeah, uh huh, exactly. So I don't know if they mentioned how old he is in the movie. Maybe like what eight or nine, something like that. I I'm guessing. Yeah, something like that. So, anyways, so uh, yeah, so Rachel goes back to talk to Noah, who I guess news to me, it, it's the the boy's father. <laughs> And so she asks him for help to try to figure out what, what the tape is about. So she copies, and I think she gives him a copy to keep or something like that. And he's like, yeah, okay, I'll watch it. So he watches it. And then he tells her, okay, I'll look into this and see what I can figure out. And as the days go by, she starts kind of having these weird dreams. And keeps investigating the events of the tape and she comes across this information i think she's in the library and she finds out about this lady called anna morgan who owned a horse farm i believe or something like that and so apparently she had committed suicide by jumping off a cliff after her horses died because they where she lived at she and her family raised i think they were racing horses the movie goes on and Rachel wakes up one morning after having some nightmares and she finds that she has some sort of uh, either a bruise or a burning mark on her arm. And so she gets up from bed and she walks around the house and she sees that her son Aiden has been watching the tape already. Chan, chan, chan. <laughs> so she asks him, what, what are you doing? And he responds, basically, I... Couldn't sleep and I was bored, kind of. But in his own little creepy way. <laughs> then what happens is that Rachel finds out that Anna, the lady in the tape, had a husband. And he's still alive. <laughs> so she finds out where he lives and she decides to pay him a visit. And what happens next is she rides this ferry to where the guy lives and this horse that's inside what I call the horse carriers which is basically this kind of like U-Haul type of thing in which you put a horse and <laughs> kind of drive it around to wherever you're going it goes crazy doesn't it oh yeah it goes crazy and it breaks out and it kind of just runs around and then it jumps into the ocean do you like horses? I didn't like them before, but after seeing this movie, I fell in love with horses. I 
I don't think I'll ever ride one because I'm afraid of them. (laughs) 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 Obviously from this movie. But I love them. They look so cool and scary. (laughs) (laughs) I've only ridden a horse once and I wasn't by myself. I was riding with someone because I was a little kid. But all that I remember is that I was scared because I was like seven or eight. And that my legs hurt after I was off the horse. <laughs> yeah, because you're basically riding on, on its back. And so every time the, the horse walks around, it kind of hurts a little bit. But anyways, I don't want to get too graphic on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> basically, the horse freaks out because of Rachel, in essence. And so it breaks out of the little horse carrier and it jump, runs around and it jumps off into the ocean and then it gets, um, well, to put it nicely, it kind of gets torn apart by the propeller, I think. Mm. Yeah, so that's not nice. But it kind of mirrors what the lady did, what Anna did, because Anna jumped off a cliff into the ocean when her horses died. So this horse kind of died in, in a similar way, I guess. It kind of jumped into the water and, and and found its death. So that's got to be some sort of symbolism for something, but I can't really put the words into my mouth right now. So maybe I'll come back to it later. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to point that out because it, I thought that it was similar to how the lady died in the in real life. So, she finally gets to where the guy lives, and the husband's name is Richard. And so, Anna finds out that they had adopted a daughter named Samara. And Samara was creepy, wasn't she, Maria? She was so creepy and so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) So, what do you think was the deal with her? Because she's a young girl, but she seems to have some sort of supernatural ability. Yes. And so, with her, in the later movies, they do explain, like in Rings 2, but this this one film that I believe kind of gives her psychic abilities apparently um are it's also known as nensha i don't know if i'm saying that right so what it is is spirit photography so she can do it in her mind and so that's how a lot of these images appear in people's minds as well so that is a thing that the when they made this movie, they wanted to point that out, too. That she does have abilities. But it's so freaky, because I don't think she may not know them, but also I think she's also very evil, <laughs> <laughs> too, in some way. And it's really interesting how they explain her history and everything well because that doesn't happen in this movie like you said it happens in i mean i haven't seen the other ones but 
it's good to know that it does get explained down the line. Because in this one, all that we see is that she's getting questioned by, I believe, a doctor in some sort of a mental hospital. And she kind of says that she can do these things with her mind, but that she has no control over them yet. She can't hold back from doing it or something like that. But like you said, she can project these kind of, I guess, visions in people's minds. And so, I mean, I, I'm kind of interested in finding out what the explanation they give to that is. But not right now. So, <laughs> so anyways, I mean, we, we see her talking about that. And then the man, Richard, says, oh, no, that's that's not real. That's, that never happened. <laughs> she was never real. Yes, uh-huh. But I mean, I guess he's trying to put everything behind him because he did lose his, his horses. He lost his wife over this. So allegedly after they talked to her in the mental hospital, that's when somehow she made like all the horses die. And it's mentioned or implied that it was her fault. Basically. So she basically made the horses in the farm all kind of just fall off the the edge of the cliff whatever so do you think that was on purpose now that's really hard to say if it was on purpose if you had to guess as to whether she did it on purpose or by accident what would you say Probably go by accident, just by a guess. I think so because she did mention that she couldn't control these things. So I mean, how dangerous is that for somebody to have some sort of skill or ability that makes them be able to project stuff into people's minds at random? Can you imagine that? Like, if somebody could do that right now? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I would probably have a huge headache. I mean, just imagine that you, you're kind of just in your house watching TV, and all of a sudden, you start hearing and seeing all these weird things, and it's because some weird little girl moved to you next door. <laughs> <laughs> I would be so freaked out. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's it's kind of hard to say, but I do think, like you, that it was some sort of an accident that this happened. And I, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt. For all intents and purposes. So then, what happens is that... Um, Richard, the father, finds Rachel watching the tape or something like that, and so he hits her. Then he goes up to the bathroom and he basically tells her I don't want to deal with this anymore I'm tired I'm, I'm done with this so he basically ends his life by throwing like I think it was a TV right in, in the bathtub yes a terrible way oh yeah to go out that was the really scary scene I mean 
it's pretty unnerving to picture someone dying like that, to be honest. And that's why I laugh right now, because, I mean, not because it's funny, but because it's... It's, <laughs> it, it's funny how sometimes you respond to creepy stuff by, by laughing or chuckling, because it's, it kind of just creeps <laughs> you out that much. Right? Uh... <laughs> right. So, I mean, I, I was shocked once when I was a kid. And what happened is I was trying to plug something into the wall. Oh. And I don't know how it happened. It just gave me a shock, like, in my fingertips. And it hurt for a second. But my fingers were numb for the rest of the day, pretty much. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and I mean, I didn't get any burns. I didn't get any serious side effects, I don't think. <laughs> I think my mind is fine. Eh. But, yeah, it must have been about... 10, 9 years old, maybe, when that happened. And I do remember, yeah, my fingers were numb for the, pretty much the rest of the day. And then the next morning, I was fine. But, yeah, it's, I mean, I can't imagine feeling that throughout your entire body for, like, a minute before you die. That's got to be super scary. Mm. Uh-huh. What happens after that is that Noah gets there who has been doing his own research on, on the side. And he also finds out some stuff about the family, about Samara, about Anna and Richard. So that's how he finds out where Rachel is, pretty much, where he figures it out. So they go into the barn and they find this picture in, in one of the walls, right? Oh, yes. And it kind of looks like, like a burning tree. Yes, it reminds me of like a maple tree. Yeah. But yes, a burning maple tree. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they, they find a tree and then Rachel recognizes that tree from somewhere. So she and Noah head out in that direction. And it's basically in the hotel that the kids were at from the beginning. So they find a hidden well. What happens with the tape is this. With, as the days go by for the person that watched the tape, it gets a little longer. So when you first watch it, you don't see all of it. But then if you watch it again and again, you, you watch or, or you're able to see more stuff towards the end. Uh-huh. So... Rachel sees that the lady, Anna, actually put a bag over Samara's head mm. and then threw her down to the well and then sealed her in there. Mm. So the thing was that she threw her into the well because she thought Samara was dead, but she wasn't dead. She was still alive. And it took her seven days to die in that well. Can you imagine that? Oh no. I can't even imagine being without food, water, and basically just waiting to die. That must be so scary. It's a dark place from which you can't get out on your own and you know for a fact that no one's gonna come and find you 
And so you're going to basically either drown or starve to death. Those are the two ways you can go. So. Mm. And then for a little girl, mind you, that's going to be even, I mean, for anyone really. But I mean, for a little girl, it's, it's going to be like so horrible to go through. And like I said earlier, I kind of want to give her the benefit of the doubt and think that she's not naturally an evil girl. She just has these powers or abilities in her mind that she can't get a handle on. So, basically, the mom did this to her because she pretty much figured out that Samara was the one that made the horses go into the, the water. And then I believe after she did that to the girl, then she ended up jumping off the cliff herself. So that's what I think happened. I mean, me, that's just, just me putting everything together in my mind. I'm not saying that's exactly what happened. I'm just kind of putting the pieces together for myself in this puzzle. So the ring is because when Samara looks up as Anna is, is covering the well, she sees... She sees a ring of light which is basically the sun or, or the daylight and that's the last thing she can see pretty much before she either starves or drowns then rachel falls into the well right <laughs> yes oh that was terrifying because of the tv back back in the day <laughs> we had really heavy tv oh yeah <laughs> and that was scary they call those the CRT TVs. CRT. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, they were really heavy. <laughs> and big. <laughs> because now we have those flat screen TVs that are maybe like, what, three, four inches thick, whatever. That's so much nicer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot more convenient because back then, TVs and even computer monitors were... Super big and bulky yes. and heavy. Uh-huh. So, and it was dangerous because, well, yeah, you could drop them and hurt yourself. <laughs> if you were trying to move them around. But yeah, those were the, the CRT TVs. And the screen was curved also. Yeah. So it's it's not like the flat screens right now that are super flat and everything. Like, nah, these were curved and... Ah, uh, the good old days when I was a kid. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was so scared that it was going to uh, crush Rachel as well when she ended up in the well. Because I think that's what happens is the TV pushes her into the well. And they're in the cabin. Yes, the marble gets on the floorboards and they're trying to find this well or trying to find something, a clue. The marble gets on the floorboard and then all these, are, I don't know if it was just one marble or different stuff surrounded the circle. So then they brought the floorboards up and then Rachel, I believe, tries to, they find the well. And so they tried taking off the top part of it and they see the well inside and all of a sudden i believe it is noah who 
tries to, I think he's distracted or he looks away or something. And I remember the TV coming down. It's a big TV coming down and it hit Rachel and she fell into the well. And then Noah's trying to ask her if she's okay. And yeah, really creepy. That gave me anxiety. <laughs> the TV just, I just thought, oh no, I hope she doesn't die. Wait, it kind of looks like she did that for a minute, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, and then also too, I remember Noah asked if she's still there or she's there and she she doesn't respond for a few moments <laughs> and then she goes i'm here <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so that's when she has that vision of samara being thrown into the well by her, by her adopted mom, mom anna. anna yeah and so what she what happens is she finds i guess the skeleton of samara still in the well buried and so noah gets her out and rachel brings out the the remains of samara and so the cops tell them oh yeah we'll make sure that this is taken care of properly so on so forth and so they go home happily ever after not <laughs> <laughs> because rachel the next day calls aiden and Saying, well, I think that because of what we did, the curse is broken, so we should be safe from now on. And so, Aiden is like, nah. <laughs> nah, we're, like, we're, we're still screwed, <laughs> basically. So then, uh, what happens is you cut to Noah in his, in his apartment. And he meets his death at the hands of Samara and this is to me I mean of course the best and also the most significant scene of the movie because this is the only time in which you see what she actually does or what actually happens right yes where she actually comes out oh <laughs> Yeah, and it takes she takes her time. She takes oh, her yeah. <laughs> she takes her sweet time making sure this person dies because Noah is sitting in his apartment, or whatever, and so the TV turns on, and you see an, an image of the well in which Samara was thrown, and you see her slowly crawling out of it, very slowly, with the hair long black hair covering her face and then you see her walking towards the camera slowly <laughs> very slowly and so this whole time this guy is just kind of frozen in place He's, he can't move basically anything. it reminded me of a sleep paralysis story where you can't move Maybe he was moving or speaking. <laughs> he just can't because Mara is in control. Mm -hmm. So you see her crawling out. You see her walking towards the camera. He's frozen in place. And then you finally see her come out of the TV. And 
the way that was shot was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to look at, I mean, <laughs> for lack of a better word. And so she climbs out of the screen and she's soaking wet, so the floor gets wet too. There's all this water trailing after her. And then basically you know this guy is dead. <laughs> <laughs> so Rachel goes to his place and finds him. And I don't think you see his face at first, right? She kind of just turns the chair around because he's uh, facing towards the wall. Yes. Uh-huh, so she goes up to him and, and turns the chair around, but she, she screams, but you I don't think you see the guy's face, do you? So, I had the unrated version, and it did show his face. But I believe the one in the movies, they didn't show his face. Because I remembered. They didn't show his face in the movie. I think. But they do have it on, on the DVD. And so I'm not sure if it's she turns him around and then she goes up or she leaves. And then I think it's kind of like in the very beginning where you, we actually get a glimpse of Katie just really quickly. So that's how this one is as well. So we did get a glimpse of it somewhere in the movie and towards the end. So, oh, it was so creepy. It looked just like Katie's. <laughs> yeah. So the, after that disturbing scene, then Rachel figures out that the reason why it skipped her and not Noah is because she made a copy for him. So basically what she understands is that if whoever watches the tape makes a copy and gives it to somebody else, then that person is safe. But if a person gets a tape and watches it and doesn't do anything with it, then that's it. <laughs> you're, you're done for. Pretty much. So what do you think that means? Why is that? Why is it that making a copy keeps the person safe? I would say probably so that the curse doesn't fall on them and and also because it keeps the legend alive and kind of like a chain letter in a, in a weird sense. <laughs> no, yeah, it makes perfect sense, actually. So if anybody not is not familiar with what a chain letter is. Can you please tell them what that is? Yes. So a chain letter is, I remember I used to get them all the time. So what it was, it was a letter in the mail and it would say, it would, some had weird ads on them and it'll say, here's the free gift and call this number. And, or if you open this letter, a miracle will come sometimes. The envelopes would look like that. <laughs> <laughs> and they were so scary. Um, so that's how I would describe a, ch a chain letter with mail pieces because I think they, they still exist <laughs> <laughs> into today's mail service. But also, I know of texting ones too. I remember I used to get them all the time. I used to get this bloody girl. And it was a photograph and it was this 
really creepy photo and so they would forward it to like 10 people and if you didn't forward it to 10 people apparently you would get bad luck or something would happen or whatever the text message said and this was early 2000s <laughs> when phones were all the rage <laughs> i remember when i was in high school so this is maybe like the year 2000 2001 Oh man, I just broke my back saying that. Um, <laughs> my knees just gave out. Um, <laughs> basically, I remember the first time that I got a chain letter on my email. And um, it was a letter that, like you said, had a few sentences in which it explained what the purpose was that if you didn't send the letter to so many people in so many days and something bad terrible would happen to you and at the very bottom of the letter was a picture and it was this really creepy looking girl with a black dress holding a knife in one hand and holding a person's head in another hand in the other hand so basically saying if you don't pass this message then this girl's gonna come and get you kind of in your sleep so I did the smart thing and passed it around to everybody that I knew <laughs> <laughs> because I couldn't take any chances of some weird girl coming to cut my head off with a knife in the middle of the night <laughs> one day so yeah I mean it, it's it's pretty creepy so you, you are correct I mean I, I agree with you I think that this movie has the feeling of that kind of stuff in a way Yes, with that legend. Uh-huh. Basically, and and that's really how legends get passed around, isn't it? By word of mouth, by not letting it die out, kind of? Yes. And it's coming for you. <laughs> yeah, basically, if you stop sharing the legend, then it'll die, but you will die too. <laughs> if you don't pass it around. So, um... Uh, yeah, it's a very interesting movie. It's creepy. It's not very gory at all. I don't think there's any blood in this, is there? No, it is definitely not a gory film. And it's really weird because I love movies like that today. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> but I love this one. It was not scary at all. Well, just, I guess as an eight-year-old, my first jump was the Katie's face and then the, towards the end when Richard kills himself. And then I was really depressed when Anna dropped Samara in the, in the well. I was so sad. Oh, my heart was breaking <laughs> for her. So it is not a scary movie today. It's I would say it is, but it's creepy. For sure creepy. Yeah. I think so. It's a creepy movie with a couple of jump scares here and there sprinkled in. But I do think that they tried to keep some of the essence of the Asian horror film experience kind of. But I mean, if you try to make a movie like that here in the States, it's not going to be very successful, I don't think. At least not in the way that people would want it to be successful. I mean, you're always going to find people that like a movie in a way. If it's done well but 
if someone tried to make a movie like the way they make it in Japan, for example, I don't think they would be very successful. But I do think that there are some of those elements in this version of the movie. The way that the movie shot, the, the way that the scares build up. And this type of horror is very Asian in nature. And, and that's kind of like... Basically, all the movies that I've seen from the Asian horror genre are very similar to this movie. In that they build up their scares. It's not so much about the blood or, or the monster. But more about more about building it up until the end so if you're looking for a bloody gory movie you're not gonna find it here but if you're looking for like a mental psychological type of horror then by all means do watch this because it's pretty good i think yes yes anything else you might want to mention maria Yes, so also I did want to mention that this movie and the Japanese one and the books and all of that were actually inspired by a real phantom girl. Really? Yes, this is all based on a true story. So you can actually visit this place too, (laughs) where it all started that inspired the books when it started the very first time in the 90s. Um, and all the movies. Um, so it is a, um, you know, of course, they have to modernize the story, but the original story is actually a ghost of, of a girl named, I apologize, so I'm not saying her name right, but it's Okai Ku. And so apparently she's a lady in waiting, wrongfully accused of stealing one of the Lord's 10 valuable plates. So she was tortured and tossed into the well, and her voice can be heard rising from the dark depths, counting from one to nine, then letting out a well for the tenth plate. That well is now called Okaiku Well, and this is, I believe, in Japan. Wow, I didn't know that. So, and the it's there's also a castle. It's called... Um, I don't know if I'm saying it right again. Himmy G Castle. So that's a true story. So that's even creepier. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And so, yeah, so it did start in Japan. The everything, I guess. Hmm. I would kind of want to visit Japan someday, maybe just see what's up. <laughs> yes. It's it's really I would love to visit all the haunted places there. Is it I bet it's so different from America. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean they're going to have their own legends, their own folklore, their own yes, kind of Yes, their own legends. Oh, mm. how exciting. Yeah, so I definitely would want to visit Japan someday, hopefully. Maybe one day. I still got time. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Mariah, I guess we're ready to give this uh, movie some scores. So, how many... How do I say this? Uh, The units. Let me think. How do I phrase this correctly? Uh, I guess, how many creepy girls with long hair? (laughs) (laughs) Out of ten, do you give this movie? 
10. <laughs> <laughs> a 10. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it... And I don't, I'm not saying it's a bad movie, like I said earlier. But I'm going to give it a 7. Uh, because, I mean, while I, while I do like the movie, I think it's it's a good watch. I do think it could be a little slow at times. It takes a while to build up, and that's not a bad thing. It's just that for me, I like for things to be a little bit faster paced in general. So that's basically the only thing that I have an issue with. And then, of course, sometimes the story confused me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I'll give it a 7. But I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm saying it's good. But if had it been a little bit faster paced, I think this would, would have probably been a 9 for me. I think. That's just my opinion, though. Like I like movies to be a little bit more active in general. But how about Samara? How many skulls does she get? How creepy is she? 10. If I can give her a thousand, I would. She <laughs> creeps me out. I will give her a 9 on creepiness. And the only point that gets taken off is because we don't find out why she's creepy until, like you said, later movies. Later movies. <laughs> yeah, I know. It takes like almost 15 years or so. Wow. Let's see, it explains it in 2017. So, 18, 19, 20, so five years ago, we finally get the answer. So, yeah, it does take a very... <laughs> I can't imagine just waiting that long to understand the entire history of this film story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... Sometimes a little mystery is good, but sometimes when it's too mysterious and you can't figure out what's going on, then that's a little bit... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's the case with this one? So, um, yeah, so... Watch it if you're looking for a very moody horror movie. And I think you'll like it. If you All right, Mariah, so that was our episode on The Ring. Thank you very much for suggesting this movie. You are welcome. It is my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a lot of fun talking about it. And I hope you guys out there in the audience did have fun talking, uh, listening to us talking about it. And we got a couple of announcements before we leave. First of all, look us up on social media. Like I said in the beginning, we have Facebook, Instagram, etc. Find us on linktree.com slash myths behind LGDS. If you're listening to us on Anchor or Spotify, the link to that page is pasted on the pod description. You can also leave us top star ratings on the episodes because we are cool like that. And by all means, if you like our merchandise, do visit our store and get something for yourself because we got some cool stuff under for sale. And Mariah, this was the end of your first season as co-host of EMBL. So how do you feel? It was so exciting. So, so, so exciting. <laughs> so, hopefully you want to come back for another one. <laughs> yes. Because it would be awesome to have you back for next season. Uh, we are taking a break, by the way, you guys out there in the audience, for about a month because of life reasons. <laughs> and I was talking to Mariah, and maybe I'll make a couple of episodes here and there just during the break so that the 
brand stays alive. But yeah, as far as it goes for the regular episodes, we are not making one for about a month. Give ourselves some time to recharge our batteries, think of different things to do for you guys for next season. And also, yeah, just to kind of give ourselves a little break and, and peace of mind. <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to come back in about a month after this episode drops. And hopefully you guys like the changes that we come up with. We are in the process of brainstorming some of that stuff. So maybe we'll bring some of the old segments back. We'll see what happens. I don't know. We're still kind of in the early process of that. So I am very happy that Mariah, that you decided to join me for this season of EMBO. And like I said, hopefully you come back for more. Because yes. you are an awesome co-host. <laughs> Thank you. You are an amazing host. And you are very kind. And just so amazing. And also, really, I loved the way you explain horror and different stuff in connections with different things. And you just blew me away with how much <laughs> you know with a lot, with a lot of different topics. And oh, thank you. I think that's amazing. And <laughs> that was made me more interested in hearing you throughout the different <laughs> topics that we did. So that was really cool. Oh, thank you. I mean, that's that's really kind of you to say because I always feel like I talk too much a little bit. <laughs> no, no. So, uh, I mean, yeah, that's, that's actually one of the things that people have commented that they like about the show. That I mean, not just myself, but whoever is, is there with me as a co-host. Because as of now, you're the third one. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, one of the positive comments that we've gotten throughout the, the seasons is that they, people like how we don't just talk about the movie itself, but that we talk about other stuff in, in connection to the movie. So that's, that's kind of what we try to do here. Kind of give it a little bit more perspective. And so hopefully we keep doing that for you guys and you keep enjoying that. Let us know. <laughs> So, Mariah, I mean, of course, since we're taking a break, we have no idea what we're going to do for the next season yet. As far as the topic for the season opener, but maybe we'll post about it once we figure it out. <laughs> once the, the plan is laid out, then we can maybe post something about that. But um, it's been great having you. And, and like I said, hopefully you come back. And yeah, I mean, is there anything you might be looking forward to for the next one? Yes, so I really, I love, I remember like in the very early episodes of when myths, Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends was made <laughs> and um, started and everything. I remember the very beginning ones. I got so hooked on the legends part uh -huh. <laughs> and also the way hearing you explore more into different topics that just made me so excited and i would love to hear more about for me <laughs> on different topics i it's so interesting just to hear you and all the knowledge that you have on different connections with all of that so I think that goes really well with legends mm -hmm. and all of that. So that was my fun part of hearing you from the very beginning. What I would love to continue hearing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and hopefully, definitely more legends. And any if anyone has more 
suggestions, please send us all those suggestions our way. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, we'll try different things. So we'll definitely try to get people involved again. That's something that we kind of stopped doing because, I oh, mean, I've just been so busy with other stuff. And and what I would do is, really quick, I would post surveys on Twitter, and people would respond to that. And, and try, basically, that's something that I feel we need to bring back because that's kind of I've been slacking off on that, to be honest. And that's, <laughs> but I'll pick up the pace, anyways um yeah definitely for sure it's, uh, we got a lot of stuff to work on a lot of stuff to think about so once we figure that out we shall post about it and one last thing i'm looking at the picture you sent me and i cannot believe that is you yes i did a <laughs> cosplay yes i did a cosplay of samara just last october so october 2021 <laughs> oh and also too i'm seven tall so i thought I am still the same height, probably, as Samara was in the film. So I can, I actually was were, was chasing people, too, when I was cosplaying. And I scared a lot of tall people. So that was really fun. So, and that was just, that was just last year, last October. And it was so fun. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. <laughs> so uh, I'll more than likely share this on social media whenever the episode drops, and hopefully it'll freak some people out there too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people thought it was um, the actual movie when I posted the photo, and mm -hmm. I said, no, no, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it actually does look like a still from the movie. It looks like when Samara's, uh, well, well, yeah, I guess, you know, it, it's when, when Samara's crawling out of the TV. That's kind of what it looks like to me. Yeah. So I'll make sure my TV or my computer screens face the wall tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make sure there's no leaking water anywhere. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that was the episode, Maria. That was the season also. Thank you very much for joining me once again. Thank you guys out there in the audience that are still listening to us. We will be back with some more exciting segments and more movies and more legends and more stuff to talk about because... There is so much we want to cover for you guys. So hopefully you'll keep joining us on this journey. And well, Mariah, we'll keep in touch, hopefully, within the next few weeks. And as far as the episode goes, anyone out there, stay away from creepy girls with long black hair with arms stretched out that are walking towards you, especially if they're <laughs> dripping wet. <laughs> Do not go anywhere near them. Do not watch weird creepy tapes that may get you killed in seven days stay away from those two <laughs> and until we see you in the next one in a few weeks have a good one bye